Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Game Podcast from The Times. Today we are delving into the murky world of football's finances. We'll be discussing the huge news that Everton have been handed a 10-point deduction for breaching profit and sustainability rules. We'll be debating whether or not the punishment is fair or disproportionate and what the ruling might mean for Chelsea, Manchester City and others. We'll also be discussing the vote by Premier League clubs not to ban signing players from related clubs in the January transfer window a vote won by Shock Horror, a group of clubs linked to multi-club ownership models. We'll also be speaking about the exclusive investigation by The Times published this week, which revealed that an unlicensed agent is alleged to have been used in the transfer of Jermaine Defoe from Spurs to Portsmouth in 2008. If that sounds like old news, in the same year, Luton Town were docked 10 points for breaking agent regulations. And... If we've got any time left after all that meaty stuff, we'll maybe even find a few minutes to talk about some actual football and an absolute cracker in store in the Premier League this weekend between first and second, Manchester City versus Liverpool. I'm Gregor Robertson and here with me to discuss all of that are the Chief Correspondent for the Times and Sunday Times, Martin Samuel, the Football Correspondent for the Sunday Times, Johnny Northcroft and the former Millwall, Aston Villa, Chelsea and Ireland striker, Tony Cascarino. Okay. Before we get into all that, there was a bit of international football in the last week, mm-hmm. week or so, wasn't there? Euro qualifiers came to a close. Scotland are already through, aren't they, Johnny? Wales yeah. are into the playoffs, so we'll talk about them in good time. England, <laughs> also already through. Did we learn much from a win against Malta and a draw against Macedonia? Anyone? Uh, I no? Okay, we can move on. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say nothing we didn't already know, Gregor, so moving on is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone got anything to say about England? No. No, nothing about England. I've got something to say about Italy and Ukraine, if you want it. Okay, go for it. Okay, right. So, um, did you see? Did you see the penalty that um, yeah, no, no, no. that that Ukraine were denied with with four or five minutes to go? Yeah. Now, is is there anyone who doesn't think it's a penalty? Does everyone think it's referee. a penalty? The referee, right? Well, okay, and the people in VAR. As well. Yeah, and people in VAR. And a couple of days before that, Alexander Seferin 
the president of UEFA said it would be a disaster if Italy did not qualify for the European Championships. And five minutes to go, score nil-nil. If Ukraine score, Italy do not qualify for the European Championships, at the very least in the playoffs. Uh, the very best are in the playoffs, sorry, should I say. And they don't get the penalty. That stinks. Mm. That absolutely stinks. Not because I think the referee is necessarily, is, or is corrupt. I don't think that that's true. But I think that the pressure and subconsciously the, the, um, the influence that the president of UEFA announcing who he wants mm. to progress from that game is um, enormous. You know, referees are authority figures. Referees like authority. They respect authority. They're mm. great believers in authority. You can't want to be a referee, even at the lowest level, unless you have a great faith and respect and adherence to authority. And the most senior figure in UEFA has said it would be a disaster if Italy weren't at the European Championships two days before they're playing, or three days before they're playing a game that's winner tape takes all. I think it's despicable. I just to add a couple of words on that, because what stinks for me more than anything is if you could say, look, they're one of the top nations in the world of football. They are one of the prides of Europe, Italy. But if they don't qualify because they don't get a result, then they don't deserve to be there. Mm. You know, to say in that manner yeah. that it's like the, you know... Mm. Brazil, you know, Brazil not qualifying is a disaster for UEFA. You know, Lionel Messi's Argentina, you know, if they didn't go to Qatar, it would have been a disaster because it's the world of football yes. is, is there to be Absolutely. seen. But if you don't get there, you don't deserve, you to, don't be deserve to be there. No, no. Two, two things on that. I mean, Ukraine being at the Euros would be a fantastic story. Be amazing. So thing. why is it a disaster yeah. for Italy to not be there and it's okay for Ukraine to not be there? And we're going to go on to talk a lot about football governance, I think. But Seferin's regime leaves a lot to be desired. Has oh. to be, it has to be said. And, and <coughs> you know, without going through all the sort of charge sheet, we're, we're still recent history of that Champions yeah. League final in Paris, where Absolutely. UEFA's handling of that with his mate as the, the head of security. Yes. Really leaves a lot to be desired, and it just and Rangers Frankfurt yeah. the same Rangers year. Fran don't yeah. remember when yeah. people yeah. were, but you know, yeah. I'm not saying dying of thirst because nobody died, but people were. Becoming seriously unwell because of the heat and no water in the stadiums because you you weren't allowed to bring water in from outside. Sorry, no, 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 no. The, the, things, the thing I just reflect on is, and, and Martin would have would have been the same as me, living through that set blatter platini era, mm. writing articles. Why can't we have better people in charge of the game? Yeah, and you fast forward ten years and we've got Infantino and Seferin and you yeah, just think, absolutely. Can I tell you one story in UEFA? Um, and it's different because it was club level, level. But I, it was something that struck me when I joined Marseille in '94. We played a European game against Olympiacos at the Velodrome, and I was staying in the Hotel Con Concord Palm Beach, Marseille. And it was the day of uh, the day before the game. Uh, I'd done my training. I go back to the hotel, and the UEFA officials were in the hotel, and uh, looking around. All of a sudden, I see our secretary Louis coming into the reception, <laughs> and he and I said to Louis, like he spoke really good English. I'd only just got there, so I said to him, I "said Louis, what are you doing?" He said, "I'm taking the officials out shopping right? <laughs> for the game." Right? Oh, so I said to him, wow. "Shopping?" He said, "Yes." He said, "Because you're allowed to buy presents. <laughs> you're allowed to buy a present." So I said, "Because he said, well, we we take them shopping, we buy them a present." 
And I said, what sort of present? He said, we're going to the Rolex shop in Marseille and the bigger the present, the better the prize. And that stayed with me all my wow. career. Then that was, and honestly, that was common in Europe. Yeah. yeah From yeah. UEFA. They knew that the officials were allowed to be given presents. Now, there's okay box of chocolates or a bottle yeah, of wine. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. You know, within reason anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to put it down to, <laughs> well, you know, the prize is, you know, the better present, the bigger the prize. And that always has stayed with me. Well, it's staggering. It's staggering. I mean, Michel Platini, in a similar in a similar vein to Seferin, once said that his dream was to give the European, uh, the Champions League trophy, the European Cup trophy, to Juventus. <laughs> and I can remember thinking, <laughs> how can you say that? How can you say that as your for president? That you want to give it to one club? There's one that you, you know, played for. That you played yeah. for. Now we all know that Platini would would you know would be a, a Juve man, or you know would have a, 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 a you know. A regard for Juve or whatever. Don't make it. Don't say it don't publicly say it. because referees are listening to that. Lines when a referee, you know, you could get it in your head. One could get it in one's head. That um, you know, a, a a a referee in performance or an official performance that benefited Juventus would go down very well with the uh, with the president of UEFA. You could get it into your head. I'm not saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying anyone did. I'm just saying yeah. that one could get it into one's head. Ain't hard to line the dots, <laughs> is it? You know, I mean, it's, well, it's good. It's good to know that there's not been much faith in football's governance for for quite some time <laughs> after the week that we've just uh, yeah we've quite just some time. It's some week for the Premier League. Uh, reckless Everton pay price of trying to live the dream was the the headline in in your piece in the Sunday Times, uh, Johnny. The the club ignored multiple warnings and splurged money in a bid to gatecrash the Premier League elite. Johnny, I just before we get onto the the rights and wrongs and and what about today of this uh, mm. of this this this, uh, this news story, I hope you might start by explaining to us what Everton have have, yeah. uh, have been punished for. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a complex story, um, although it relates to one charge, which in, in some ways simplifies it. But I mean, there is a lot to unpick. For basically, we're talking about the Premier League's profit and sustainability rules, the PSR, which which are their version of of, of FFP, um, and clubs are allowed a certain uh, ceiling of losses over any three-year cycle, which is one hundred and five million pounds, and Everton have um, been penalised for going over those losses for the period of twenty nineteen to twenty twenty two, going over them by nineteen point five million, which in our world of football may not sound a lot, but has been considered a lot by the independent commission that, that sat on them. I have to say that um, they actually went over their limit by 300 million, but were allowed certain deductions because mm. you're allowed to do what they call good spending, so stadium spending, women's team, community projects, and special circumstances like COVID. So Everton knew they were in trouble um, during this period, worked with the Premier League. It's, they actually struck a deal with the Premier League in August 2021 where they were allowed a certain number of losses, including to write off interest on their stadium debt. Um, even with that, those allowed losses, they weren't going to meet their um, PSR requirements. So they went back to the Premier League and asked for four further um sort of factors to be taken into account and 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 this is all in the judgment and some of them are quite bizarre um i mean one of them has been much discussed but it relates to player x who i think most people know who it is mm -hmm. uh and and it was a we could have sued this player for wrongful dismissal 
um, for for breach of contract. We didn't. We just we just um, cancelled this contract, but we could have had an extra ten million pounds. One was about COVID losses um, relating to transfers, uh, and Everton argue that the transfer market collapsed and they had some saleable assets um, uh, in markets where, you know, for example, Schenk Tosin could have gone to Turkey, but the market collapsed there because of COVID, so they weren't able to sell there. They also argued that Spurs drove a hard bargain over Richarlison, so they could have had some extra money there. They are, they talked about transfer levies, and um, and then there's, the, there's, there's one of the nubs of this case, which is debt relating uh, to their stadium. Um, they argued that they should be allowed to take the interest payments that they were due on loans around that stadium and, and write them off. So it's complicated. And the Premier League's response was ultimately, uh, and, and the commission backed the Premier League up, that they couldn't have these four further um, sort of tranches of, of, of money to write off. So that's where they are. They were charged in... Um, in March 20, uh, sorry, the investigation began in 2023 uh, this year after the charges, and um, the uh, the commission's judgment was last week, which is an unprecedented 10 point fine. So that that's where. And just just to I suppose a quick background on 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 PSR. This is the first club that have um, been there's been pen, Premier League points penalties before, but this is the first club that's um, been penalised under these rules. Okay. Martin, do you think the, the the punishment fits the crime? No. no. no I kind of knew the answer before yeah, I asked yeah, you Yeah, everyone that knows one. the answer. Everyone <laughs> knows what I think about it. I think it's absolute nonsense. Everyone knows what I, I was going to think about it. It's absolute nonsense. Inward inv- there's no because inward investment is a good thing for any company. As long as the company... Are Everton going skint? They're not. So they should be able to do with their business what they like. I, I've always thought this... Financial fair play is a construct of an elite group of clubs and it prevents um, clubs mm. rising. That's that's what it's, it's there for. It's not there to stop another Portsmouth. It's not there to stop another Leeds. It is there to stop another Chelsea. It's there to stop another Manchester City. It is there to stop another Newcastle, another Aston Villa, another Wolves. All of these teams that would be a threat to this established elite, and that's what it's there for. Because now that they've creamed all of the Champions League money off for themselves, now that they make it more about they take a lion's share of the money, they take more and more money, they take more and more money. Okay, so that's one way you can grow, right? By becoming a big team. So how do you get to be a big team? You produce fantastic players. You produce, you know, and you grow organically. That's what everyone always says. Oh, you can grow organically in football. But you can't. Southampton would have grown organically magnificently. But Liverpool came in. How many times did Liverpool come in and nick their player? Tottenham nicked their manager. Tottenham nicked one of their players. Manchester United took one of their players. Liverpool took several of their players. You can't grow organically. Does anyone around this table think that Brighton are going to be top half of the table for the next five or ten years? It's going to... These chickens will come home to roost. You can't keep taking from a club because eventually what will happen is Brentford will sell Ivan Tony, and the guy they get in to replace Ivan Tony might not work. Might not work. And now they're in trouble. Then suddenly both their main centre-halves get injured in the same season. And they bring the two reserves in, and they're not quite as good. And then one of those guys gets injured because it happened to Liverpool the other season, didn't it? And because they're Liverpool, they could rise above it. But if it happens at Brentford that you bring in a striker and he takes a couple of seasons to get going, and suddenly you lose three of your four centre halves, you're going to get relegated. 
that's what happens to small clubs. So organic growth is a myth because, you you know, Leicester are now in uh, the the championship. championship. You know, so that's organic growth for you. That's what happens if you sell N'Golo Kante and you sell Riyad Mahrez and then you bring in Harry Maguire, but then you sell Harry Maguire. And I know Leicester are one of the clubs that have got a claim against Everton, but... It was only a couple of few years ago that Everton, uh, that Leicester settled a, a, a profit and sustainability bill with in the, the with the EFL to get them into the Premier League in the first place. So everyone is spending money to try to improve, and it's a ridiculous punishment, but for for the crime of trying to improve because these rules aren't fair. So organic growth is out of, of the window, and then they say. You can't have inward investment. You can't it, actually. Your owner can't yeah. then put the money into the club. You ask me, I'm going to finish. <laughs> the, the you can't then put your own money into the club. Now, I do not believe in being able to put your money into the club and lo- and, and lump it on the club as a debt. But if you want to invest in your business to further your football club. That's what every fan wants. Yeah. Every fan wants the chairman to put their hand in their pocket. And and the one thing you can say about Everton is they've had a go. It hasn't worked out. They, they, you can't possibly pass a rule that says your transfer policy has to work. That, that That's not a rule. So they've they've made a mistake. They, they But 10 points, what they've managed to do is make the most competitive league, I was going to say the best, but it is the best, it's the best because it's the most competitive. They've made the most competitive league in the world, probably, look like it's been. And it isn't been. It's just people trying to do the best for their football club. Because if what they've been fined 10 points for was someone siphoning all the money out of Everton, well, you know, that's a crime. It was interesting last week when the news come out of Man City's record profits of 700 and, what is it, 16, 17 mm. million in a season. And what Martin's talking about there is also adding to the bigger clubs' profits are going up even more mm. and faster. Mm. So obviously they get a far bigger percentage of money to spend. Everyone gets left behind, which clearly... Mm. Everton have been guilty of being negligent on their transfer follow- policy failing blatantly it's clear mm-hmm. it was just everybody they bought yeah. didn't tick a box of doing well yeah. it's hard to think of anyone's that actually worked mm. and with that come enormous wages so it's not only the transfer fee it's the enormous wages that add yeah. up the bill i just want to ask john if johnny one question mm. on this was there um on their on their borrowing mm. was also all their transfers on borrowing on interest payments as well so, no, no, no. no. I mean, so this, that was used by club money. This, yes. is, this would be Martin's point that, yeah. that, that, that the, the, the transfers were funded by Mashiri and who had the money and pumped, in, it, yeah. pumped in his own money. And, and, his, and I'm glad we're talking about transfers because this, this is about what happens on the pitch, which is mm. one of the things I was trying to say in the piece because we've ended up talking about stadium debt and so on, which mm. is a factor, but yeah. ultimately Everton's adventure has been Absolutely. on the pitch. And Mashiri, and it's in the commission judgment, had a, had a clear plan to... I mean, maybe a bonkers plan, but a clear plan. He set it out at the start of his reign. I'm going to pump money in. I'm going to put it on the pitch. We're going to grow. His target was to become a top five club. Mm. Now, we can laugh because of what's happened, but that was his ambition. Um, He recruited Carlo Ancelotti, one of the best coaches in history, possibly certainly in the world at the moment. And not every transfer paid off. In fact, many of them didn't. But despite all of that, 
Everton was second in the league at one point. You forget that. Under Ancelotti. Yeah, under Ancelotti. December 2020. Yeah, yeah, December 20. Um, And his idea was that we'll get to that point and then we'll start to rake in money. Mm. We'll claw back money because we'll be in the Champions League. Um, We will have more Premier League prize money and we will have uh, a really valuable squad that we can then start to sell off some of those assets. Mm. At the same time, we'll bring the academy through We'll build a stadium. So there was a plan there. I mean, we, we can we can critique how that plan well, it's was. It's like executed. a Chelsea plan, isn't it? Where they've yeah. got a plan it and it's not plan. working. And, and it but was, it's a plan. It's a plan. And yeah. and, and, and as Martin says, it, it was based around having a go, having an adventure. Um and I I, 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 I pretty much on board Martin's bus when it comes to um do these rules are these rules doing what they're brought into the the, the 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 rules are basically there we've got to remind ourselves to stop Portsmouth to stop clubs going bust yeah. but I don't think that's been the effect of them the effect of them has been as Martin says to, to actually limit new clubs coming in and, there has been a, there has been a reduction in, in solvencies as well they have so so yes they 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 perhaps have had some some effect there but we're, and and but we're talking about there's been a massive um, increase in money as well that that does yeah, that, yeah. that, that, that helps quite a lot with insolvency yeah but no no i mean that that's fair although you could say that in in europe and in the in, in the efl there's still plenty of insolvencies um and i would argue that it's less because of these rules and it's more because of the boundless profits that are coming in um i guess what what the count the count the one counter to all of this is that should the rules exist probably not but the rules do exist and where i've got a lot of sympathy for would be clubs like leicester and you might say well you live in leicester of course you're going to maybe maybe that maybe that you know some at the back of my mind i know the club well and that does come into it but leicester specifically attempted to adhere to these psr rules and the reason they sold people like kante mares mm. Harry Maguire, Ben Chilwell, was they had a policy of they, we will sell one of our assets every year, Wesley Fofana, and that will help us meet PSR. And they've done that, and have ended up being relegated because yeah. it creates not just a, a weaker squad, but at, one, at some point Brendan Rodgers gets upset because he can't invest in the squad, his so, regime falls apart because it, there's a breach between him and the board. The pl- players like, let's say, Soyunku or Wilf and Didi, who have Joint or Telemans who've joined Leicester, believing that they're going to be part of this, come to us for two or three years, then we sell you to someone big. Suddenly they can't be sold because um, the market's collapsed, there's COVID, um, and this sort of thing they've been sold on the basis of you know, this PSR policy has, has, has fallen apart. So it does have consequences on the pitch. But on Everton, I do I do agree that this is this is a sledgehammer to crack a nut. Absolutely. The commission specifically says over and over again that this was not a deliberate attempt to cheat this was incompetency this was mm. a club reckless yes but getting it wrong and thinking they were mm. going to make and it you know the excuses you can see are kind of dog ate my homework stuff but it that gives an insight into the thinking of the executive that ah, things will be all right if we just do this and this and mm. the executive the, by the way yeah. the chief executive for everton was the Premier League representative on the uh, committee that decided about government? Yeah, that, that it needed government regulation. And yeah, and yeah. and and, and not there anymore. Everton have been badly served by their executives because we're talking about Denise Barrett Baxendale and, mm. and Grant Engels, the finance director, who left the club and wouldn't even speak up for the club at the commission. So that's mm. a factor. Um, well, I mean, what I was trying to do in my piece on Sunday, and I, 
I'm not. I don't think it did the job I wanted it to. But I was trying to set out this story of transfer spending, mm-hmm. and why Everton got to where they are. One of the factors here is that after the 2019-22 period, which ends in June 2022, mm. Everton then went on and spent in the transfer window under Lampard, and it was they were 10 million net spend that summer. Mm. But that seems to have influenced thinking in the Premier League, um, because that's portrayed Everton as continually reckless and, and disregarding mm. these rules. And I think one of the things that stinks a little bit about this is that the Premier League had done a deal with Everton in 2021. And at that point, we're working with Everton. And then what changes? What changes round about um, late 2022? Mm. Suddenly they stop working with Everton. They say to Everton, um, uh, we, you know, we, we, in fact, so not till August 2023, they say to Everton, here are rules now that means you might get a points deduction. We're going to clarify what our actual tariffs are going to be here. And the thing that's changed is the regulators come in. Yeah. So okay, that, it, it, it looks to me the, like that's influenced thinking. I mean, we're talking about lots of things. We're talking about the big picture, about whether mm. the rules should exist. And we're talking about whether Everton, whether the punishment fits the crimes of, of uh, the crime of, of breaking the rules that do exist. So that's two separate mm. things. But yeah. also the next thing is, is the is the prospect of an independent regular. And it's a thing that a lot of people are bringing up, saying mm. the Premier League trying to now bare their teeth because uh, of, the of the prospect regular. of independent it, But there's a problem with that in that the panel is independent, and that says that... Well, the panel's not independent. Why? Tell us why. Well, the panel's not independent because Richard Masters asked for... Now, look, I, I've got... Uh, just to, to to alert the readers, I've got an E-grade in maths. I'm not very really proud of that. Uh, I retook <laughs> was it. much better. I, I retook <laughs> it. And I've got another E-grade, I'm even less <laughs> proud of that. So I'm not going to claim to be a maths genius, but in the report you can see that Richard Masters asked for six points. And um, you can also see that his recommendation was one point for every £5 million transgression. As I say, E-grade level maths. <laughs> but, <laughs> but how many points <laughs> go into a 19.5 deficit that's going to be about in around about 3.9 so if you add the 6 and the 3.9 again e-grading maths i'm getting 9.9 on that readers are quite liberty to disagree if if they don't so if we round that that's 10 points so you've got an independent premier league panel that the premier league have basically asked to make a 10 point deduction and have ended Mm -hmm. up making a 10 point deduction now, again, one subject I was good at was English, and um, I know what the word independent means, and that's not it. Hmm. Can, can I... I mean, can... we should say that the, uh, the, the handed the decision to, to, to create the panel to a KC, Murray Rosen... Mm. Who's represented Leeds. Who, who could... Yeah, and he could have sat on the panel himself. He chose not to, mm. and, he, and he picked a panel of three. Uh, David Phillips, KC, Judge Allen, Greenwood... And Nick Igor, Nick who, Igo, was, who was, West Ham. was at West, West Ham when the Carlos Tevez thing, and they got a financial penalty for that, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But still, and, so, and, but and fundament- of, so fundamentally, what I'm saying. Fundamentally, is, we're questioning the independence uh, of no, an independent party. I'm quite. A fun- I'm fundamentally questioning the independence of someone where someone can ask for what they think the punishment is. Well, that, that's not independent. 
I'm very sorry. Once I can't, if you go before an independent panel and someone comes in and mm. says and tells the independent panel mm. what they should um, give as a punishment, that, that doesn't seem very independent no. to me. Look, uh, but just I just want to return to one point that Johnny made. Sorry, Kaz, uh, about Leicester and, and how they've um, fought to be within these regulations. And this is my point: Why should Leicester have to keep selling their players? Mm. Why should they? Yeah. They've got money. Those the people who've got Leicester have got money. Leeds did it. Where well. would they be now you, you if know, they hadn't? Le- Leeds sold you know, Rafinha they and Phillips they, as actually, well, didn't they? Yeah, over over yeah, these, yeah. the same sort of idea. If they could have told Chelsea to get lost when they came in for Kante and for Drinkwater, I know yeah, it didn't yeah, work yeah, out, but yeah. he was working for Leicester. Um, Chilwell. And Chilwell. And if they could have just turned around and said, no, get stuff, we don't need to sell. We've mm. uh, uh, People have got this club, have got money. There's 30-odd thousand people of, of Leicester. Why don't they deserve a little bit of gravy? So Why what, should we have to sell? So, Martin, what replaces uh, profit and sustainability rules? Sorry? What Nothing re- replaces profit. As long so as you, you can unfettered spending? Uh, unfettered spending, as long as it doesn't, it isn't debt-laden onto the club. So even when the clubs are now owned by countries? Let me... Ex- uh, look, I, 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 what, what does I, that do to the competition as well? What like, does, does that, that do to the competition? I'll tell you what it does to the competition. Absolutely nothing, Gregor. Because you can only put 11 out on the field. And as Manchester City discovered, they've sold Chelsea their best player. Chelsea's best player this season, by some distance, they've bought from Manchester City. Arsenal are in a title race because... Last season, because they bought Manchester City's left-back, who, who couldn't get in the team, Manchester City's centre-forward, who couldn't get in their team, because you can only put 11 on the pitch, and you can only probably keep about 16 or 17 happy. There's going to be five in that outside 11 yeah. that are going to be per- hmm. perpetually furious and banging on the manager's door and wanting to get away. And you can't keep them there. And if you do keep them there and you give them a game, they've got the raving ump because they know they're not in the team anyway and all of this. So this great myth where if you let Saudi Arabia or you let Abu Dhabi do whatever they like, they'd buy 40 players. Not unless you can play 39 aside, they wouldn't. Because you're going to play, there's going to be 11 players that are very, very happy. There's going to be another five that are quite happy. And there's going to be another however many that are absolutely furious looking to beat down but, the door and go yeah, home. I, it's not just about the living on the pitch. It's about the upward drag on the competition and what and they're mm. spending. And not everyone is owned by a country. Yeah. So what if, a, what if then, yeah. then an owner walks away and leaves? It's not just, yeah, you can say you're putting in money uh, and it's not debt. The, the, they walk away and they leave a wage bill of... 30 million. This was the Leeds Portsmouth. This was always Chelsea's. Like, what if Roman Abramovich walks mm-hmm. away? Roman yeah. Abramovich never walked away. It's the same as he was made to walk away. He was yeah. made to walk away. That's a totally different thing. Okay, he never but walked Chelsea away. Chelsea were left in a perilous position. They it's the same with the t- TV deals, isn't it? Like people say, if Sky moved out or so and so, there's always someone that comes in with more money. And can I just make one really big point here for me? Because it is a personal one. And it goes off both of what the boys are talking about. And we were both footballers, okay? We had dreams as players to play at the higher level and we got excited by transfers. I joined Millwall and we'd done nine transfers, never been seen before, never been seen. That Reg Burr and the chairman uh, the chairman of the football club at the time and his colleagues decided to invest in Millwall to have a go at getting promoted. We got promoted for the first time in Millwall's history, getting to the Division 1, Fantastic. the old Division 1. And it was an unbelievable, exciting period of me and the rest of the boys. Loads of us got sold on, a bit like we've talked about. Look, you move up the ladder. But that 
that is the hope that you would want at any club, for any player, for any fan. Even the, the directors and the you know the owners, they they had this dream of being. You no, know, what did the Wrexham boys buy into? They bought mm. into yes, a non-league club that's going upward seemingly. I I I I get the argument of you must always have an underdog having a chance to do something special like Leicester did. If we're going to go down this road, honestly, I just can't see because the gap is getting bigger. Nottingham Forest will be next. Nottingham Forest will be next. They'll look at Nottingham Forest's wage bill and Nottingham Forest Mm. will be next. And Wolves were having to sell in the summer. But none of these clubs are actually in financial trouble. It's just a construct. That's all it is. It's an arbitrary Mm. construct that has been put in place in football, which for some reason is the one industry in this country that wraps itself in red tape all the time. And there's certain things we take for granted that you you take it for granted now that there's a transfer window. Why? Why is there a transfer window? If, if, Mm. if, If we want to replace you or me or you or you, they could go out and get somebody at any time of the year. That's what they would do. Don't let, don't no, let them don't, know. Don't that. give ideas. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, don't give it. Oh, there's no, a transfer no. window. Oh, you've missed Good it. Good idea. Yeah, but but you know, but in football, there's a transfer window. We'll go. Oh, yeah, that's that. That makes sense. It doesn't make sense. The old idea was actually rather good. You couldn't you couldn't do anything after March the thirty first because that stopped you buying your rival yep. centre forward yep. and stuffing them in the last six weeks of the season. Before that. If you had trouble, if, like, say, Newcastle now, that have lost so many players, and it's a massive injury list they've got there, or Liverpool a couple of seasons ago when they lost all their centre-halves, why can't you just go out in October and say, actually, we've got this problem? Because there's such a word as no. You know, you don't have to sell Liverpool your centre-half in October. You can just turn around and say no. And and football goes on as it did for many many years. And, and right. let's not get this. Sorry, sorry. I just want to say this is that I did a big. I looked at transfer wages over the years and see the acceleration of from the nineteen eighties to nineties to two thousand. Now it was trebling in one decade. The amount of mm. wages top players were getting. We are. I said in nineteen ninety six, and Ray Houghton would bear this, uh, bear me out on this because I said in that before the year 2000 there'll be a hundred grand a week footballer and everybody laughed and now I'll say I, w- I said two years ago there'd be a million pound a week in soon there's going to be a five million pound a week <laughs> and we all laugh someone's going to buy a club for 25 billion so the numbers that Martin's talking about is inevitable it's mm. not if I said Man United are for sale today at five billion or six billion who in who would put their hand up and say well in 2040 there'd be seven billion Mm. It'd probably be forty billion to mm. buy. So you can't stop this acceler- acceleration of what's happening with finance around football clubs. So it's going to get lost in, in my opinion, if you don't mm. deal with. And I'm 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 not totally hundred percent Sam Martin with Martin say it just be endless. I think there has to be something in place, but I don't know how you're going to stop it. Also, I, look, I, I I think what we all want. I think we'd all agree what we need in football. Two things. We don't want clubs going bust, so we need no, to protect clubs absolutely. against themselves. And we want healthy competition, right? Mm. Those, those are the two things. How do you create that? The, probably, the hard bit. Okay, there <laughs> probably has to be some kind of, 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 of restriction on what you spend. As Martin said, anything that doesn't load up the club debt is, mm. is, 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 is probably fine. Mm. They're talking about some sort of salary cap. That might that might have an effect. I don't know. I don't know. That, that that's for the financial minds. I do think we need something. I don't think we need these PSR 
rules because no. they don't seem they seem arbitrary. One hundred and five million pounds. What does that even mean? Why why is that? Yeah, you know? absolutely. We need healthy competition. How do you create healthy competition? I mean, for me, the Premier League does it better than anyone else. And that's what we've got to focus on, which is equal prize money, equal TV distribution. One club, one vote. One club, one vote, and no Super League. And we've yeah. got to fight against that. We can think of other countries, Bayern Munich and Germany, are able to dominate um, to an extent that, 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 that you know, it doesn't make a travesty of the Bundesliga, but it makes it predictable. And that's not through... You know, Some would argue, Jonathan, though, That's... Man City is that today. Okay, so... You know, that, that it's but when Pep leaves, it won't be. Man, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, when Pep goes, it won't be, and I, I would agree with that. Yet Man, man City now have a financial might that no one can match. Mm. That is mm. the case. And Saudi own Newcastle might be the next. But where do we draw the line? When do we? At what point in time do we say, from this point onwards, you're not allowed to invest? And that's where I'd, I'd agree with Martin. Although people might be uncomfortable about Manchester City and there might be other reasons for that, if you just look at it for specifically the fact they've got lots of money, there's always been clubs with lots of money. So you can't, I, 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 would, I would agree that you can't just draw a line in the sand and say from now on, no more investment, mm. right? That's it. The, cl- the top clubs that we have now are going to be the top clubs forever. That, that can't be fair. Got, no. There's got to be dreamers. Mm. There's got to be evidence. There's got to be new investment. Mm. I, think, I think Man City is a context to this in that, and this is where I have a lot of sympathy for Evertonians, that as we all know, there's 115 charges mm. against mm-hmm. Manchester City, that these relate to spending or, or, or accounts from 2000, 2009, you know, it goes back that far, and the Premier League started investigating them in 2018, and it took four years to yeah. bring the charges. And we now understand that it might be another two, three, four years even before this is heard before a commission, because there's a legal fight going on. Manchester City, at every step of the way, are trying to challenge this ruling. They're, they're deploying legal might that, that mm-hmm. Everton didn't have. Um, and Evertonians are rightly saying, how can we be done for one charge when the Premier League are unable to even bring this to court? They're unable. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't know what Manchester City's defence is. It's an enormous undertaking. It's an enormous undertaking. A big part of that is because Manchester City don't want this to happen. They've got better legal strategy and better lawyers than Everton. We all know that. So <laughs> There's a banner in there. And <laughs> I men- the no, there is. <laughs> and I mentioned the regulator. It does rather seem to me that, that, that this has come about because the Premier League want to show they can do something. There's a regulator coming in. We want to show that we're tough. Maybe mm-hmm. that we don't even need a regulator. We're going to punish someone. And the history of football is littered with this. It's the softer target, the smaller club, the easier club. And if you look at there's only been two financial, uh, there's only two points deductions in, in Premier League history, Portsmouth being one, Middlesbrough being the other, and now Everton. Mm. What, what, what do those three clubs have in common? They are outside the super elite. So I get all that from Merseyside. Well, that's the, mm. final, that's the final point on this. Obviously, as you said, Manchester City uh, face 115 uh, charges. Chelsea, although they don't face any charges, they're Not yet. under investigation mm-hmm. over a, mm-hmm. a variety of things, including alleged... Bringing se- Eden Hazard to the league, because that was payments. such a terrible thing. That was terrible. I wish they hadn't done that. Um, yeah, but it's, it's about the way they did it, whether, no, whether they made secret mate, payments to an agent about, or not. It's about 
Look, what league? What do does want? this mean for the future? What does this mean for for the Premier League and its credibility? Actually, well, it's got no credibility now, has it? Because Manchester City are playing Liverpool at the weekend, and we'll find out in five years' time whether it means anything. <laughs> it's true. You know, you might just as well all turn up. I mean, I don't. What? What? what, what Price Waterhouse Cooper. What is there? Uh, it's blue on white, isn't it? <laughs> you might just as well turn up with your Price Price Waterhouse Cooper scarf because they're going to decide whether this match means anything or not. Or, or another firm of accountants. Are Arthur Anderson still going, or did Exxon take them out completely? No idea. Um, I think they were red and white, weren't they, Arthur Anderson? So you can turn up in your Arthur Anderson scarf if you want. A bit, a bit retro that would be, because uh, they, I think they folded after Exxon. But um, you know, get the firm, get your, you know, your pick your favourite accountants or your favourite KC. Or, or your favourite team of lawyers and support them because that's where we are and that's where we'll find out whether Manchester City Liverpool uh, that's been played on Saturday we're all meant to be very excited about it but in five years time you'll find out whether it means anything and if that's the league you want good luck I've always been worried about the or concerned about lawyers courts solicitors whatever way you want to frame it getting involved to it into a game that ends up being will we look back in five years time and VAR decisions are going to be questioned mm. in a different way didn't Flamengo I, 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 I might I've got the years slightly wrong but the, the gist of this story is right I think you'll find Flamengo won the 1986 Brazilian championship two years ago History segment no I think Flamengo won the 1986 Brazilian championship two years ago because that's how long it's taken through the courts to decide who won. I think it's 86. Mm. I, 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 I might be wrong, but by all means, Google it, uh, folks. You could probably see your PSG getting some of theirs taken off. Mm. Well, this is, this it's, is it's, because it's if you're going to do this, if you're going to do this properly, if 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 the Premier League want to, yeah, well, then you take the titles away. You take everything, and then we and then we mm. find out who won the. Yeah. You know, 2010 and 2011, we find out 12 years later who actually won the league. I would, I would say, I would say, City could help us here. City could just go to court and stop, stop delaying this. And that would, let's hear the irrefutable evidence, and let's, let's, let's have this. I, th- I do understand they've got no faith in the process. I do understand I think they're that. So f- I, I, I think but they could help us. It could help I, I, the they fans. Could, they, and they could help us all, Johnny. But I think they're so, they feel so bitter about this. That it's right, okay. You want a hundred and fifteen charges, right? We'll show you what hundred and fifteen charges actually means. Do we know any of them? Yeah. Oh yeah, we know what the charges are. I mean obviously some is based around finance, some are about obviously I would imagine uh, payments to agents. Once to but once one one's one's payments to Roberto Mancini. Yeah, yeah. that's whether a big he, one. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's big a big sort of football one. And and was he being paid by a sort of secret means or an undeclared means? Mm. Maybe not not secret means. Most of the rest of the ones. I mean, the one I the, the, there's a group of charges I find a little bit bizarre, which is that they're being charged with breaching UEFA FFP regulations, and I, I still haven't quite worked out why that. Because UEFA have already charged them with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. One's non-cooperation. Which is del- you know delaying the process, and and I think the other big one is not um, providing accurate accounts mm-hmm. over this period. That's so th- there's a sort of whole, whole but there's a lot of the, in football. There's a lot of like say the Etisalat, I think is Etisalat is how you pronounce it. Um, mobile phone, oh this mobile phone sponsorship. How can how can a company you know like Etisalat because none of us have heard of them really um, provide. Um, a sponsorship at, at this level. Well, Etisalat are bigger than Vodafone worldwide. Um, 
they're the biggest mobile phone providers in Africa, for instance, as I understand it. So, you know, there's there's a lot of <laughs> they're things... They're questioning, how did they get that? Yeah. There's, a lot, there's a lot of things that, to yeah. us, when you read it, you go, oh, actually, so let's sign up for this. You know, little mobile phone provider in Abu Dhabi. Well, they're not, actually. They're, they're not a little mobile phone well, that's provider that's weird, Martin. But, that, that, but that, that, I'm talking about people from outside. Yes. I'm not talking about the people who are necessarily going through the finance of it. I would hope that they know how big Etisalat are. But, uh, you know, I've had these conversations with fans and they'll say, oh, well, what about this? And how can they do that? And how can they do that? And go, well, that's a much bigger company than you think it is. You know, that's not someone's uncle finding some money down the back of the sofa and someone pretending it's f- 50 billion or whatever. You well, know, that's it's, it's weird to me because that sounds like you're going to question so, a, a club buying a player then saying, why did you pay him that much? Mm-hmm. Well, that was the going rate because there might have been somebody else interested in him, but you you paid them, in our minds, 20, 30, 50% more than he should have got. got they can't be judge and jury on that. Uh, on, I think the other thing we need, and because we're, now we're talking about the Man City case, which goes back so many years, mm. we need real-time monitoring. Yeah. You know, we mm. can't be mm. continual. And Steve Parrish makes this point very eloquently. If you look at Everton's case, we're now into year five. We're going to kind of in season number five because these goes this goes back to twenty nineteen. So we're now kind of refereeing something that happened five years ago. Whatever the future is for these regulations. They have to be able to to deal with things in real time. So to not have us talk yeah. about Man City fifteen years ago or, or Everton five years ago or Chelsea, it really is far, ago. isn't it? The finance. <laughs> it's Johnny made that it's, point no, in no, his piece. Well, it yeah. is far. Okay. Although, although that's actually oh, another Steve Farish <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah. I think he, he came up with that. But it is. We, we, this this has become like VAR, where we go to an external process and no one's left happy. But the, yeah. the thing yeah. is, Johnny, one of the things you look at uh, and, and think, well, I'd like regulation on this. You'd like someone to be able to come in at Reading now. Yeah. Where they're defaulting on wages, um, haven't paid HMRC and all of this. You'd like someone to be able to come in at Reading and say, right, you're out. We are now, this club is now in, I don't know what the, or how you would term it, football administration or whatever, where somebody comes in from the football Well, they're in embargo anyway, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. But you'd like it to be, right, someone else now runs this club, not you because you're dangerous and this club's going to go skinny if we're not careful. Someone else runs the club and we will decide. Um, we will make sure the wages are paid. We will make sure. We will take these steps. Um, you know, if, even if you have to cancel contracts so that people think, can be yeah. sold or, or, or if you have to, whatever special measures, you know, if you can have special measures for a school, you can certainly have special yeah. measures for a football club. And I think the salary cap idea is it's more in real time. I don't quite yeah. know exactly how it works, mm. I, you know, mm. and I, I can't be an absolute salary cap like America because it's a different system. Mm. But I think that's why that's seen as the future. Mm. And another of Everton's arguments is the ruling says that this is a deterrent, right, to stop clubs doing it in the future. But they're changing the rules anyway. So yeah. Everton would say, well, this is a deterrent against something that's that's you know already being phased out. When David Blanket was Home Secretary, lawyers have a new law thing. Um, they they attend a new law course every year to you know to bring yourself up to date on new laws and stuff. Blunkett was changing the rules uh, so much. It was the really asbos and all of this. It was all going so quickly. 
Long didn't bother to go anymore because it was pointless. By the time you've done your, your, yeah. your new law refresher, by the time you come to put it into practice, you'd say something in court and they go, oh, no, 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 that changed last Wednesday or, or whatever. <laughs> and, and that was it. And uh, a pal of mine who was a, was a criminal lawyer said that to me. He said, in the end, no one, no one in criminal law was because he, it was specifically the criminal law that he was interested in. And... Um, or most interested in, he said, and it was changing so often, there was no point in going on your refresher course. It's it's like the the Premier League are, are changing this stuff yeah. according to what they, you know, think the regulator wants or the regular. But the regulator, when you look at it, hasn't got the powers that you'd no, like a regulator to have. The regulator won't have the powers to just walk into Reading and say, right, you're out. These four fellows are in. They'll run this club and get this club back to where it should be. And really? then you can put, and it's going on the market. We'll give you your whatever it gets, and then you go away. That that is not going to happen with a regulator. And it's quite weird, isn't it? It's you no know, like uh, thirty mile an hour years ago. You could do thirty. Now you can't. You can only do twenty. But you're going to get done because you were doing thirty then. In that, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of that yeah. sounds like to me. You're you're basically <laughs> getting done for what was the law then, but the law's changed now. Well, but we're going back then. <laughs> yeah, because you've done thirty then. It's yeah. twenty. Yeah, now. when the KC has decided that, that Leeds and everyone else has got a case uh, for a punishment that was handed out in 23 to 24 for something that happened in 22 to 23. Well, that's the point. Everton, <laughs> so could... Everton could be facing, <laughs> Everton could be facing uh, claims from, from other clubs who are relegated, of course. Yeah. We should say Everton plan to appeal, uh, and that has to be heard uh, and decided upon this season. This season, yeah. But um, it's certainly a story that's going to dominate for the, the rest of the season and probably probably beyond. Um, fascinating debate if you're enjoying the podcast make sure you're subscribed just go to thetimes.co.uk forward slash the game for the latest subscription offer after the break still loads more to come Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.
Welcome back to the Game Podcast from the Times. I'm Gregor Robertson. Joining me are Johnny Northcroft, Tony Cascarino and Martin Samuel. The vote by Premier League clubs not to ban signing players from related clubs in the January transfer window. This is another story this week which um, which has made big news. Mm. Um, eight clubs, Burnley, Everton, Chelsea, Manchester City, Newcastle United, Nottingham Forest, Wolverhampton Wanderers and Sheffield United all voted not uh, to allow players from later clubs to be signed this January. Um, and it's it's a it was a, I think it came as something of a surprise. Would you not say? Oh I mean, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a surprise that, that mm-hmm. the clubs involved voted not to because uh, most of them have. Uh, I think Wolverhampton Wanderers is the only one I couldn't find uh, yeah. any related uh, club ownership with. But this yes. is this is another interesting story, and it kind of bridges up the same sort of issues about self-regulation. It does. I mean, I suppose having talked about one club, one vote, then maybe we've just got to accept that sometimes <laughs> these things are happen. But what it exposes again, it's, and we talk about the Premier League, the Premier League is the clubs, and that's why it gets mired in politics and, and self-interest. Mm. And yes, these are the clubs who are in multi-part, multi-ownership A lot of them. There was one. And they, don't, they want to be able to do what a multi-ownership yeah. uh, uh, group wants to do, which but, is... But there was one which I just thought was fascinating. So Manchester United... And this is this my always been my point about Jim Ratcliffe about how much of a club how much control you've actually got if you've got twenty five percent of a club, because Jim Ratcliffe is coming into Manchester United, owning Nice, mm. and Manchester United voted for a rule that would prevent if Nice had a fabulous striker of the type that Manchester United could really do with at the moment, bang some goals in or a fabulous centre-half that could play where everyone's injured or whatever, Manchester United have voted for something that would have prevented him saying to the new director of football at Manchester United, oh, by the way, we've got a lad at Nice that would be fantastic here. Why don't we arrange a loan? And he can come and play the last six months of the season, maybe score enough goals to get us in the Champions League. Bob's your uncle. Manchester United have voted... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to prevent something like that happening. So the question, the question is that is that is it is this right? I mean, no. The, the question the, the, is who's who's running the show at Manchester United? It certainly isn't Jim Ratcliffe. <laughs> that's the question. <laughs> okay, that's you one know, question. Right, that's that's one question. question. <laughs> right. So we'll get on to the other question it, in a minute. But that's my first question because that's that doesn't sound like Jim Ratcliffe's in charge of any football operation there. But anyway, sorry. No, the the, obviously, the headline from this is that Newcastle are now free to sign players on loan from Saudi clubs Arabia. in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. Do we feel that this is right? Is this is this something that obviously the Premier League are, are saying it's okay, but they would? Well, again, it, it seems to me to be. Is it right? I can look. I can see circumstances where Ruben Neves arrives at St James's Park, or you know, I don't know, Maras comes there for for a few months to help mm. them get in the. Ch- I can see. I can see where this might go. Yes, but. Um, you could can you stop them doing something that the other clubs have already been able to do around the world? Red Bull Group, look at them in, mm. in Germany. This is where we get in. This is the problem where maybe with finance, where we're wanting to now draw a line, a moment in time, and say um, now is the point where you can't do these things. I, 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 I just I think we have to. I think we have to live with it. First of all, it's one club, one vote, and this is what um, more than seven of the clubs want. But secondly, just have a robust set of loan regulations to stop more than 
one yeah. or two loans yeah. a season. That, should, that's that, that's how you do this, rather than this yeah. kind of... It shouldn't be beyond the, the wit of man to come up with a set of regulations that, that make it that make it fair. Um, no, I'm amazed at the clubs that uh, actually voted for there to be limitations, because uh, as well as Manchester United, West Ham did. Did Chelsea uh, vote for it? Because uh, Chelsea voted because uh, they're interested the, in Chelsea voted. Yeah, yeah, they're they're interested in becoming a multi club yeah. uh, organization. I mean, you, what you've got to say is the fellow at City um, is a smart guy because he started this and everyone laughed. What you know? Mm. Oh, they've got you know, opening clubs up as if oh, you know, Melbourne mm. City, Mumbai City, and now everyone's going, yeah, this, 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 this is the future. Yeah. This is this is what we need. Yeah. But it's not really been a talent factory if you look at it as it. Because how many in the Manchester City team? Uh, Aaron Moyes about the only mm. one that I ever saw come from Melbourne yeah. City to anyone. Angelino did Angelino maybe Angelino didn't really work out. Maybe but didn't work out. Yeah. But um. He was, he was, you know, Ferenco Arno was was a um, was a smart guy with this. You know, I can remember talking to him about this a number of years ago, and he said um, we were talking about New York, about New York City, in, in 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 specifically, and him saying, you know, the modern football clubs, they spend three days in Melbourne, sell a few shirts or whatever, play one game, and think that's a footprint. Think they've left a footprint behind and get on a plane and go away and they think, oh right, that's that's Melbourne. He said they've left nothing. They've left absolutely nothing. And it, at that time, Barcelona had just opened an office. Um, I think it might it, it might have been in Madison Avenue, but it's one of the one of the great roads in Manhattan, one of the great streets. And Barcelona got their office there, and you think, who cares? What does that mean? What do you got a nice glass-fronted office? Okay, lovely. What have you actually got in New York? In the meantime, Manchester City had had started a football club, you know, and, and, and that had a fan club before it played a match. There was this, you know, New York City fan club. They hadn't, even, they hadn't actually kicked a ball yet. Played at the Yankee Stadium and, and and stuff like this, and that's what it was about. And now a lot of clubs want to be part of that. They that's you know, that's how Chelsea want to go. Clubs that you didn't realise have got a multi-club um, deal going on. Um, and other clubs that... Clubs in the th- championship. Yeah. Well, clubs in they the championship. Yeah. But also, Gregor, there's... You know, say a club like... Wait, I don't think people... I think what happened, actually, a lot of people got cold feet because it's they suddenly became aware that this affected them. See, they. I think a lot of people went into it from a few weeks back thinking well this is Newcastle this is the PIF fund and that's all very that's you know, 80% ownership there 100% ownership there and suddenly people were working out no 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 it doesn't mean that it means if you've got one director who's got half of Sparta Prague you can't take any players from Sparta Prague because that's a related party oh alright that's that's a little bit different amazingly West Ham still voted for it but um you know, as did Manchester United, but that's suddenly there was a few, a few of those clubs suddenly became aware. Oh, this actually affects us. Mm. See, uh, uh, Tony Bloom, who everyone in Manchester mm. would say is an absolute genius, he 
got involved in mm. yeah. you know, St. Gilwars in, yeah. in Belgium. Yeah, he absolutely. decided, I think Matthew Benham He's, has been looking to do yeah. the same thing as well. Yeah. So these people are thinking way about outside the box about how they develop not only their own football club, but have a conveyor belt that they can use as well. Because yeah. was it Undove who come from St. Gilwars? Wasn't he did, he? yeah. You know, and, he came and, to Brighton and, and others. Should, yeah, and we, we should say Bloom has now... He's no longer an owner of. No, he's, he's he, not he, he was until this yeah. this 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 summer, and he's transferred yeah. ownership because that partly because uh, Gilwaz and Brighton are both in the same European competition. Yeah. Yeah. You've got that situation yeah. coming up with Man U and Nice next season potentially. That if they're both in the Champions League, someone's got to step down. I suppose the issue is maybe for some for the smaller clubs in these groups and where they feel they maybe yeah. their sort yeah. of identity is eroded slightly, and whether they're. You know, a feeding club or anything like that. So, because there have been some, I think there were some protests. At, was it Strasbourg that? Yeah. That, 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 um, Chelsea Hasn't worked everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, yeah. Dan, I think there been some protests. Dan, Dan Levy was into this all those years ago. He was mm. part of Enoch, which yeah. held the stake in Rangers. So you might remember AG Absolutely. Athens. And the reason and, Everton and the voted clubs. against it is because Seven 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 are coming in. They hope, fingers huge, crossed, huge and and they have got. Hertha Berlin and and various clubs of Vasco da Gama and everything. So. You know, none of them are doing well. <laughs> no, <laughs> Vasco are the only ones, oh, Vasco aren't they? Do Vasco right. are doing yeah. all right. But, but the you know, so there's a lot of clubs that are looking at this. As I understand it, uh, seven 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 said to Newcastle because Newcastle would like to be um, a multi club, you know, but outside of Saudi Arabia, and seven 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 said to Newcastle said to the PIF. If you would like, you know, we have this range of clubs, you know, if you'd like to take them off our hands or some of them or any any you fancy or whatever. And, and Newcastle said, uh, no, thanks. We'd, you know, we'd rather build our own and, and tailor our own multi-club uh, brand rather than just, you know, take yours. Um, so rules have got to be put in place if this is... If this is a, but you have a little bit of foresight rather than just go you know this this very much seems to be about trying to stop Newcastle buying one player in one specific yeah. transfer well, again, window rather than tailoring yeah. a set of rules for yeah. the future of football as we can all see it coming it'll certainly be fascinating to see whether Newcastle do sign any players from Saudi in January <laughs> now that they are uh, able to um, one one uh, additional story that is a big story a two year times investigation on the on a similar theme of football finance um, which found that the FA took no action after parties involved in Jermaine Defoe's transfer from, from Tottenham to Portsmouth in 2008 dealt with an unlicensed agent. Um, and if you don't think that's a kind of uh, a sexy <laughs> a sexy story, given that it's 15 years ago, as I pointed out at the start, um, Luton Town were deducted 10 points for... for uh, Dealing with for for their dealings with agents in they the got same a, year, well, additional uh, points deductions. Well, didn't they, they have did thirteen. Total? They did in total, but Good ten points for for yeah. their dealings yeah. with agents. So the FA have now agreed to look into this um, um, after the story by by Matt Lawton, and you know it's involving some some very familiar faces. You mean Defoe, Harry Redknapp, mm. and Daniel, Daniel Levy. Mm. Um, mm. So it's a, it it could it could be an interesting story uh, moving forward, John. Well, it, well, it is. Uh, look, and it actually does bring us to. And it relates to Everton. It echoes Everton because, as you mentioned, Gregor, um, Luton Town were done during the same period um, for this offence. So, we need well, clubs have got a right to say that 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 
rules, if, if there are rules, they have to be applied across the board. So although this is a long time ago, Luton Town would argue, well, this happened to us. So um, surely it should happen to them if they did the same offence in the same period. Um, investigations is fascinating because it, we know the characters. We know we know Redknapp, we know Daniel Levy, Jermaine Defoe, um, and and Mitchell Thomas. In fact, who's one of the he one of the the agents, or one of the representatives, unlicensed agent. He wasn't licensed at the time, no. and he he um, it, 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 this all this all came through an arbitration uh, panel where Defoe's old agent, Sky Andrew sued because he'd been cut out of, of, of the representation. And this panel found that Mitchell Thomas had represented him when not licensed. So Matt's story relates to whether this... And the Premier League took no action at the time. Mm-hmm. So FA. Came, FA. FA, sorry. The FA. The FA took no action mm-hmm. at the time. So this comes back again to the consistency Why? of the rules that are applied. Why not? And should it take mm-hmm. uh, some action now? And didn't one of the people that were deciding on it from the FA go from them work for Portsmouth? They did. David Lambert. There we are. Yeah. I mean, look, you can go back far enough. You can find the reason that Arsenal mm. came into the league in um, when it was turn of the century or whatever. And, and <laughs> yeah. you know, we can we you know demote everybody. Uh, one of the one of the key things with this um, is that um, um, it's the season that Tottenham finish four points clear mm. of Manchester City. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So if if it had been heard at the time, Tottenham might have been deducted points and Man City would have qualified for the for a, a year earlier. Yeah. Would their sums have then added up? Added so up. If, to, if if Man City get done for the 115 yeah. offences, <laughs> and, can they then sue and, Tottenham? And it's the season before Portsmouth go into administration <laughs> exactly. and get it's, a nine-point fine, but this might have saved them from It's themselves. an absolute minefield. I tell you, <laughs> you literally go everywhere. <laughs> I tell you what the moral of this podcast is. Is that West Ham would have won the league. It's that lawyers are the real winners from yeah. football these yeah, days. Yeah. We haven't even talked, some football. We haven't even talked about Rangers getting more tickets for the no. uh, Scottish League Cup final, if you want to see um, how uh, governing bodies shouldn't act in football. Oh, goodness oh really? Let's look north of the border. <laughs> or not. <laughs> okay, look, finally, a bit of football before we go. Yeah. Big one this weekend. Manchester City versus Liverpool. Who cares? At this point last season, Liverpool were ninth, 15 points off the summit. Now they're second, one point be- behind the leaders, Manchester City. What what is it that's, that's behind Liverpool's turnaround this from this, from last season to this? You're just trying to stop me saying who cares, aren't you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> who cares? The um, what is behind it? Well, they. <laughs> They're a very good team that weren't a million miles away. They just needed a better midfield. And they went out and bought a better midfield. Um, and that'll do it because he's a very good manager. He's working with extremely good players. Um, they rebuilt the forward line um, last season, really. And so that takes a little while to gel. And now it's gelling and, and, and that's good. And... Everybody, I, I would say, uh, I'm prepared to be corrected on this, but I would say everyone that's come into the midfield mm. is an upgrade on mm. the previous position. He's looked at what Pep's done uh, with inverted right backs, inverted full backs, and there's no, you know, it's almost like, well, have we, have we got anybody that could play an inverted full back? Oh, we've got this guy. It would be absolutely perfect for it, you know. Just, just made for the job. 
so suddenly Liverpool were a very, very good team again. It, it, that's that's all it was. Yeah. Good oh. investment and a couple of tweaks. Sums up. Liverpool have been built on a brilliant manager and brilliant invest, uh, brilliant um, recruitment, and and they've gone back to that after mm. after a period where the recruitment perhaps drifted a bit. But and and they've done an incredible job in in the players they've signed. I mean, you know, Shabozlai in particular, mm-hmm. McAllister and Gravenberch, superb signings, and Endo's had br- for 15 million as, a, as another option in that midfield. So they've rebuilt a midfield, but they've also started to get proven right on people like Darwin Nunes, who took mm-hmm. a long time to settle, maybe longer than they expected, um, but but is really sparking off Mo Salah now. And a big one for Liverpool was was Luis Diaz, who who yeah. when he was injured last season, because he's so important to not just the defensive side, but his his off the ball work, his pressing mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. is incredible. I uh, spoke someone who's at Liverpool said from a coaching perspective, he's so fast when he presses, he he, he mm-hmm. presses so quickly and aggressively like Vardy used to at, at Leicester. He actually drags everyone up with them because you know teammates are like, oh my word, we better keep up with this guy, mm. and that in itself pushes the team up the pitch. There's a lot of good stuff happening, um, and they've got that. They look like they've got that mentality back. That they're in that groove where they're 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 they're, they're winning when they're not playing that well. Um, they're conjuring goals, um, and they're formidable at Anfield again. Are we? Are we saying that they're going to be the, the the ones that push Manchester City closest this season? I, I think they could be. Yeah, I, th- I think they could be. I think they look like a better team than, you know, Tottenham. The injuries, uh, you know, the, the suspensions. Um, they came very close to getting a, a point at, at Wolves and, and, and couldn't hang on, and um, that that will have an effect uh, on them. So they might tail off a bit. Arsenal. Look good. I don't think they look as 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 good as Liverpool. Funnily enough, uh, you know, Liverpool look as if they're the dare I say it, the second best team in the country. Okay. Well, should be a cracker, and we'll uh, we'll be back to discuss that on Monday. Martin Samuel, Tony Cascarino, Johnny Northcroft. Thank you. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you're subscribed, leave us a review, and we'll be back on Monday. And don't forget to tune in in 2032 to find out who won the league. <laughs> <laughs>